Welcome back to our study in John. I just hope that you guys are soaking this up. There's so much wonderful uh, truth that we've been seeing in John about believing in Jesus and the life that we have in him. Uh, Really, as we turn the corner here, we've entered a section of John where we're going to see a long speech from Jesus. If you have uh, a Bible, if you've seen a Bible, or if you can get your hands on a Bible uh, that has red letters, one of the things you'll notice is that from uh, chapters 13 through the end of 17 is essentially one long block of red letters. And it appears that Jesus is speaking with his disciples at the Passover. But before Jesus uh, enters in and shares with them some of his deepest thoughts, some of his deepest heart for who he is, uh, what he uh, is doing, um, what he's planning to do through the disciples, uh, how he's going to send his spirit. Before Jesus launches into teaching them, he does something amazing in chapter 13 uh, through, this, through a demonstration. And so that's where we jump in in chapter 13. Uh, we pick up in verse 1. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. Uh, Really, I think this is one of the most precious statements that we get from John about Jesus. It just shows how much Jesus loved his disciples and that this wasn't just a temporary love, uh, but it was an enduring love and it was a deep, affectionate love. And then we pick up in verse 2. It says, During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God. Now, we might think that after John tells us that this Jesus, I mean, specifically, clearly tells us he came from God, and he tells us that he's going back to God. You might think that this was Jesus' opportunity to stand up and pump his chests and to declare how awesome he was and that he had accomplished his mission. And that's, I think, what makes the rest of this um, narrative so um, all-striking. This is what makes us marvel, because just after John tells us that this Jesus, this person that they've been spending a few years with, had come from God, it was going back to God, it says in verse 4 that Jesus rose from the supper, he laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that he was that he had wrapped around his uh, he had wrapped around him. So when John has elevated Jesus to the highest place, he's told us that Jesus came from God and was going back to God. He shows us that Jesus, the greatest person who's ever lived, stooped down to wash his disciples' feet. But what is Jesus doing? What does this foot washing mean? Well, I think what we're going to see as we continue to read through this is that there's a dual meaning in what Jesus is doing. So let's pick up in verse 6. It says, He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I did not wash you, you have no share with me. 
Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash, except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. And that was why he said, Not all of you are clean. So as we pause there for a moment, I think we see the first uh, thing that this foot washing represents. Jesus is talking about how he is going to cleanse, or in, it appears that he, in a sense, already has cleansed uh, his disciples from their sin. And that's why he says that uh, you don't, you know, he who is bathed does not need to wash. And um, there's this interesting phrase there about except for his feet. And there's been a lot of discussion about what that means. Personally, uh, what it seems to mean to me is that although we are eternally justified in Jesus Christ, once we become a Christian, uh, we are forgiven, we are set free from the penalty of our sin, but life is messy and we still do sin, we still do turn from God. And so we get the opportunity to come back to Him in repentance and to get washed again. It's not that we become a Christian all over again. It's not that if we were to somehow die before we repented of our sin that God wouldn't forgive us, but it's that we do, even now, even though we are justified, even though we are, as our, our identity is forgiven, we still get to come back and have a, a renewed felt sense of our uh, cleansing and forgiveness through Jesus. But that's not the only thing that this foot washing means. It's not just figurative, pointing forward to what Jesus is going to do on the cross. And that's where we pick up in verse 12. It says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So the other vastly important thing that Jesus is doing with this foot washing is he is showing his disciples that those who follow Jesus should also be servants. Those who follow Jesus should humble themselves. Those who follow Jesus should be going low to build others up and to help and serve and uh, to lay their own life down for the sake of others. We can't lay down our lives for other people's sins, but we can lay down our lives to serve. And then verse 18 uh, to the end of our section for the day, it says, I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. There's a lot to unpack here, but I think the most outstanding thing to me uh, as I reflect on this whole passage is that Jesus also washed the feet of Judas, knowing full well that Judas was, was already planning to betray him. And yet Jesus stooped down, tied the towel around his waist, and washed Judas's feet. Uh, this sets the bar so high for us on what love really is. Uh, as it said back up in verse 1, 
Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Jesus is teaching us what true love really is. I hope you guys enjoy a great discussion.